you know who I be. It's your boy, Don Wall, a.k.a. Moral SP. Welcome to Embrace Matters of Race podcast. I am joined here by the rest of the crew. You know yeah. Kelly Jane is here, Jay is here, and the all homie right. Carl. Let's do what we do best. Let's embrace. It's also a special episode, our official breakdown of David Burns' American Utopia. I'm going to hand it off to the boy, Jay. Let's get into it, man. All righty. Excellent. And uh, it's good to be back with you all and getting a chance to discuss this movie. Now, I don't know about how many of you out there are big fans of Talking Heads. Uh, I, I found out recently that Spotify, looking over uh, my Spotify listening from 2020, that my number one band was Talking Heads, and I was in the top 0.5% of Spotify I could have guessed speakers. it. I, I could have guessed it. What an honor, Jay. I know. I don't have much of an achievement, but hey, I feel pretty good about that. I mean, you know, they just they just had so much energy to their performances. They had so much life and uh, and just so much fun to them. And it just puts you in a good mood each day. I used to have Talking Heads Tuesdays where I just I just uh, put a bunch of Talking Heads on every Tuesday while I was working. But, uh, but yeah, so Stop Making Sense is like one of the greatest concert films of all time from 1984. You got to check that one out. But today, it's mm-hmm. so the reason why I'm bringing that one up because the first man of Talking Heads was David Byrne, and David Byrne, you know, you know, in the late '80s, broke up from the Talking Heads mm-hmm. and Iconic started his solo career. And now we're at this point here, 2020. Uh, he comes up with the, you know, he, this film, which actually just a, it's a concert uh, that he's been doing on Broadway. Actually, before Broadway, he had been doing it nationally, mm-hmm. you know, on tour. And it's a it's a you know, it's it's a concert that's based on his new album that came out a few years back that also brings out different songs he's written over the years, including many talking head songs. And so this concert film that came out in 2020, uh, you know, the AV Club wrote an article and said this is the movie for 2020 Hmm. and uh, directed by Spike Lee out of all people you could get getting the one and only Spike Lee to direct this film, concert film, yeah. for 2020, you know, it almost feels like a David Byrne TED Talk, basically, right? Where he's sharing his philosophies on things and trying to send a message, and really a message about connection and about the need for us to work on connecting with one another as a society. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and, 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 yeah, just being able to have that message. And in between that, having these great moments of, 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 uh, of intense energy and beautiful diverse sound and diverse people at that as well having a, a group of about 11 people uh all barefoot wearing suits and uh the same clothes uh gray suits and then also um holding on to instruments basically that they're just portable and they can just dance around and, and really have a great time they just have a party out there on stage they're they're free they are free and the stage, the stage is bare, like it's basically a, an absurdist play, black box theater. But mm. it, it's really just becomes this artistic and beautiful, uh, uh, you know, performance uh, with all these people uh, dancing and singing the heart out and sending this great message about connection. Do you guys agree that this is the film of 2020, or not necessarily the best film of 2020, but the perfect film for 2020? I think it's an appropriate film for 2020. I'm going to second Carl. I would say it's an ironic film for 2020. 
because of everything you shared about connection and 2020 being the year that we can't do concerts in person anymore. <laughs> I actually, I, I felt really nostalgic watching that he was hanging on people. I miss shows. Yeah. Concerts, small shows at the camel and you know, just being in the party with a crowd of people. Oh yeah. Because uh, of this, it brought all that back. Mm. Oh yeah. Yeah, it definitely made me miss. I mean, being an actor and an improviser and stuff like that, doing mm-hmm. shows, I just, I miss the stage um, and all of that. And it made me actually think, I was like, man, this is perfect, but it only works if you have a director like Spike Lee um, is, you know, all of these um, artists, rappers, singers, and all that kind of stuff didn't do any touring this year. And they're, they're kind of holding back their content because they're waiting for things to kind of open up again. And I'm like, man, like, you can do your performance and film it like this. I think it'll blow. Like I would be really interested in seeing some of my favorite artists do what David Burns did. Um, but it has to be with a director that's going to be able to capture certain things like Spike mm-hmm. Lee. Um, I don't know who directed Homecoming, like Beyonce's concert, uh, Homecoming at Coachella. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was also directed um, amazingly, you know. Um, but you just have to get a good director you know a good cinematographer someone who's going to be good on the camera you know be able to move and stuff like that and capture different things so can i ask a dumb question did spike lee direct the filming or did he direct the show like the choreography and the stage lights and stuff like that the the film itself because the show was already something that david byrne had put together before spike lee came on for the project that's not a dumb question it, it really, it feels like when you're watching the movie, I don't know about you guys, but it feels like for me, like, and I am a big fan of Spike Lee. We talked about Spike Lee before yeah. on a previous episode. And, and so there's certain, um, uh, you know, just really uh, certain uh, motifs that, and certain uh, signature uh, shots and styles mm-hmm. that Spike Lee has. And for throughout the majority of this film, I did not see them. And I thought, yeah. wow, Spike Lee is just basically very detached in this film just yeah. like letting the camera roll, letting them dance and just watching the performance go. Mm-hmm. Of course, until uh, near the very end of the film, which we will get yeah. to that in just a little bit. But, uh, but besides that, it, it definitely felt like it was, it didn't feel like a Spike Lee film, a traditional Spike Lee film. What did you think about right. that? Doc? Would, you, would you agree? Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, although, yeah, so he was definitely blank slated. He was he, he wasn't you know he didn't take any president over what David David Burns was doing so like he's a top you know I mean they're both top bill names right but I think he took the stance of I'm gonna fall back and let David do his thing um, and I'm gonna do my thing with the camera until a moment where we both fuse and join together as director and performer. Um, where you said we'll, we'll get to that later, but um, yeah, I think I think it was definitely a a test too for Spike Lee to even. I think that was his artistic hand on it. So where how can I film this but not be so Spike Lee? You know, like how can I do this and not be so me? You know, um, I think that was a very artistic choice. Yeah, sorry, Dom. When you started saying top villain, 
Uh, basically, it got me thinking, you know, like, Lee is chilling. Burn is chilling. What more can I say? Bro, Top villain. Bro, do you you want to start with the jokes or do you want do you want to get the serious out the way? Because we're gonna get to these jokes. Okay, sorry. sorry. <laughs> which, which one you gonna do first? <laughs> okay, so, right. I got a lot to say, Jay. <laughs> Anyways, so um, yeah, like so you basically see this where I agree with that with the blank slate uh, mentality here. And uh, do you guys have a favorite song from the uh, from the film? Favorite performance, favorite song. Everybody come to my house, and then Janelle Monae's. Yeah. I actually cried for both of those songs. Mm. Yeah, those are both both great, especially because interesting with the everybody's coming to my house when he explains that he had these kids put together a performance of the song, and mm-hmm. they did it in a completely different uh, approach, and it was more positive and upbeat, and I think inviting. Yeah, like. Whereas his initial approach was one of anxiety and uncertainty. I, I wish he told us who did it because I want to hear it. Because if it, uh, the way he explained it, it's like, it's like they did a whole different song, but they really didn't change much. Just the perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was really well, really well done. And it was interesting as well, like what he was bringing up there and that people can take the same song and perform in different ways. It's interesting how it all, mm-hmm. it, it can be done that way. You know, I think for me, uh, I have a soft spot for this must be the place naive melody. Um, that's mm-hmm. always just a very nice, upbeat, fun song that I love to, uh, sing around the house, especially, um, I feel like that that always comes to mind whenever I ever say I have plenty of time. And I'm like, I've got plenty of time. Yeah, I'm really into it. I love it. And they just, of course, David Byrne and the crew did a good, a great job of that performance. And so I think I always, I favor that song whenever it's performed in a concert. I'm like, okay, that's usually my go-to and my favorite. Um, I like the, uh, you know, I, I do like the ending, of course, of Road to Nowhere and, uh, and just continually going around the entire uh, theater, which was so Um I loved Janelle Monae's song, but I'm sure everybody loved that. Uh, that was a that was definitely a defining moment in watching this. Mm-hmm. Um, it it brought me, it woke me up out of this daze that I was in, and that it wasn't necessarily even a bad daze. It was just that all of the songs and the melodies that was happening took me on a very flighty journey but when that song came it it grounded me immediately as if I was falling from a plane like boom you know like and it kind of snapped me back to what's real and reality you know and I think that's that's it was purposeful that it was filmed and done that way um but some earlier songs that I liked um I loved, I loved, I know sometimes a man is wrong. I don't know why it may have been the melody. Um, I loved uh, This Must Be The Place um, and Everybody's Coming To My House. Uh, I also, But I also liked um, Burn Down The House. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Burn Down The House. Yeah, that one's super fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I also loved Everyone's Coming To My House. I love at the end just everybody else i don't know just everybody's voices together was really nice um but yeah the the say their name song was that mm-hmm. what we're talking about the janelle monet song Monet, yeah. uh, talking right. about 
names many things. Talking about, talking about. Yeah, I mean, that definitely made me sob immediately. It's interesting. So there's a concept that I talk about all the time where, so in Shakespeare plays, he would purposefully do this thing where he would have a comedic moment right before a really like heart-wrenching one because it, the, 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 the contrast, the juxtaposition would be like that much more cathartic and impactful. Mm-hmm. And I felt that with this song, um, it was kind of a weird feel because it was an energetic song and it was something that you could kind of like bop around to. And I didn't see what the audience reactions were, but I really wonder how they felt in that moment because on one hand, it's like, really profound and important but on the other hand you're kind of just there to like have a fun time and I don't know I just I wonder if they were like um thrown off or like I don't know I don't think that it's a bad thing I just would be interested to see if they looked really like shocked and uncomfortable because it was a little bit out of the blue but really really impactful did you guys know did either of you three know that the song was going to be performed did you guys hear about it? I, I did not. So I've heard about the song when I listened to Talking to Strangers by Malcolm Gladwell. It was the theme song for the book. I had no idea the song was going to be played um, in the, the film concert. And it, it, did, it did take me by surprise when he mentioned Donnell Monet. Um, and was like, I wonder if it's going to be that song. I was doubtful. But when it started playing and the percussion started ramping up, it's like that's when my heartstrings started to be pulled because this was performed before 2020, which is wild. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely fascinating. And uh, was that the same for you too as well, Dom, Dom and uh, Kelly Jane? Yeah, I, I was not expecting it. Yeah, I had no idea. Wow. I had never yeah. heard this. I had never heard the song. Yeah. Wow. Um, I heard of the song, but I never actually heard the song. And I definitely haven't seen it done. Um, I think props to him for doing it before 2020. Because if it's after 2020, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like it was just so much more in our faces in 2020. So the fact that he was aware and in tune and found it important even before last year, I think is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even his comment at the beginning of that before this song, he's talking about this idea of him needing to change or we needing to change, and just yeah. like having humility and just vulnerability there, mm-hmm. um, especially for for a man who has like a lot of quirks to him personality wise, and he's got a reputation definitely for being a little bit out there and uh, and yeah, and he's kind of weird and enigmatic, a little bit to himself and introverted. The fact Some people think he has cool. Asperger's. Yeah. Okay. And so he was very open and just vulnerable there and just like expressing just the, I guess, just seeing the need to speak up and, and, and do something like this and uh, a bold, bold move. But even I wanted to talk, talk about that song in particular, because I think that's where Spike Lee shines most. His, his hand is, is clearly seen here in this moment where you're cutting to, um, and when each of the names uh, are being, are being shouted. And yeah. you then cutting to pictures of, of these men and women, mm-hmm. you know, who were who were shot at the hands of the police, and uh, with their, I guess, their family members by their side. 
and it's the it's like the trademark zoom that uh, zoom that Spike Lee has. Mm-hmm. When you were watching that, what 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 uh, what feelings were stoked in your heart when you were watching that? Man, um, I know for me. So it took me Spike Lee movies, especially Spike Lee uh, things that he does when he directs, takes me back to other movies where he's he's done it. Um, it immediately took me back, not too far at first. It took me back to Black Klansman mm-hmm. um, at the end of the film, where he you know he does that massive hallway. It, it's not a zoom in; it's a, it's a zoom up, like you're moving the characters up through the shot. And um, then we, we see, you know, outside we see the cross and he zooms in on the cross and then he takes us to Charlottesville and it just leaves you floored at the end of the movie. And the, it had the, I had the same reaction with this, even though, you know, I knew all the names, I knew all the stories, you know, Emmett Till, um, Sandra Bland and stuff like, you know, like, but it's still the the way he shot it the way it snaps to their face and you're forced to not only hear their name and if you're you know in it you're saying their name but you're forced to see their face yeah you know you're forced to and it zooms you know to it's a snap zoom <laughs> um and you're forced with a with a brief second of seeing their face and none of their faces match None of their faces match something that you would see that deserved the demise that they got. Mm, yes. Yeah. All of the all of the photos are smiles. It's a it's a photo of Emmett Till smiling. You know, Sandra yeah. Glenn. It's, it's all these pleasant photos of them smiling, but yet the, their demise was, you know, horrific, nightmarish. You know, um, they were stolen. You know, from us and. In quick tableaus, it makes you deal with a lot in a very short time. I'll say that. It makes sense. Yeah. 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 For me, I think it just aroused a new, not a new, a renewed compassion and energy to stick up. Um, Honestly, my thought was just like, these are just the most beautiful people on the earth like god has just made them to be such gorgeous humans and knowing the circumstances that they died i really appreciate that they used such dignified photos um they weren't yeah i don't know i feel like a lot of times the media will use photos that aren't flattering or make them look like horrible people or whatever. But yeah, that was just the word that came to mind for me over and over again. It was just beautiful and mm-hmm. wanting to protect that. True. And uh, it's the, the mix of the photos, the chanting, you know, it's, it sounds very much like a, a crowd wanting to be a part of something and then their names being chanted and then the posters of their faces and their families holding the posters in those cinematic portraits it just reconnects uh for me to the humanity uh of each of those individuals uh, it reconnects the the humanity um of what seems to be the thread of the whole 
performance because mm-hmm. uh, there are little vignettes here and there. Um, but the, that the humanity there was just a sense of gravity um, mm-hmm. and the fragility of human life. Yeah, a very, very powerful moment there. Dom, were you going to say something? No, I was I was agreeing with Carl. Yeah, I mean, it's uh yeah, it's just a I mean, it just really stands out from, compared to all the rest of the the entire show and even even being able to add in, you know, the movie was in post-production, well into post-production at the point where the events of Amon Arbery and George Floyd and Breonna Taylor's deaths had happened, and yet they were still able to include that at the very end. And mm-hmm. even just Spike Lee being able to add the names of so many more people at the end there. Um you know, just the list goes on and on. And, and it just is a powerful moment there in the film to wake you up, I think, and, and just like to wake us all up and uh, to see the need uh, for change, to see the need for, um, you know, just, just for change for us to work together to, to uphold our fellow man. And uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, I think all, I think what David Burns trying to talk about here, this idea of connection, really trying to, for us to, that he starts out this idea of us nu- losing our neurons as we, as we, as you know, from when we were kids. And then yeah. we lose these neurons and our ability to make connections within our brain, coinciding with the idea of us not able to make connections with other people because we get swept up in so many different things mm-hmm. with, uh, with, with materialism and excess culture and all that in our world, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, I think it's all the more prevalent even today where we're, you know, everything could be accessed by your computer, your smartphone. Uh, you can ask for Alexa to take care of everything for you. You can shop everything mm-hmm. online. It's just, it's just all out there. And, uh, and we live in a capitalist society, you know, and materialism is encouraged. Excess is, 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 uh, is encouraged in many ways. Um, any other themes that stood out to you that like, you feel like he was addressing in the, in the film that uh, especially that are really relevant to 2020. Most definitely. Um, I, I definitely see um, just David Byrne presenting his vision of what a utopia is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, for one, just pointing out that, you know, everyone was dressed the same, yeah. but the people that were in these suits were very different people. So unique. Every last one of them. Yeah, most definitely, yo. And, um, you know, very unique people, very different people from different places of the world, not just America. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think David Burns was presenting what a utopia looks like and being very clear that it's not built on a political program. Um, but, you know, the show itself is this utopia that he's talking about. So, like, even if you break down to... Uh, Jay, you were talking about connection. He starts with connection and it's how, how hard it is nowadays to make connections. But when you see on stage, they are perfectly connected and in sync the entire time. No matter if someone leaves the stage, comes on stage, they're connected with the instruments that they're playing. Even when they started one at a time playing their instrument, they were connected. They were connected with the harmonies and melodies they were singing. They were connected with the dance moves they were doing. It was just nothing but connections on stage. So you had no choice but to, you know, viewing this, it's like, wow, like, we we should be like that. <laughs> we should be like that, you know? And I even think that there was sometimes there were imperfections in the 
there were imperfections in the dance moves or in the portrayal of what we were watching on purpose to show that, you know, we're not, you know, no, I mean, he says at one point, like, you know, none of us are perfect. We're obviously, you know, a utopia or America is not perfect. We're still trying to achieve perfection or you'll be the best we can be. But there were moments where one dancer would do something completely different, random, and then get back to connection, you know, or, you know, those are small little things like that that I pointed out that was um, really eye opening and definitely thinking like, man, well, you know, thinking about embrace and what we even talk about is is, a you know, very, very connected to that um, in how we ought to look into other people's interest um, so that we can connect to them. Yeah. You know, um, connection is yeah. important. Yeah, I loved when. He was like, hey, what's up, guys? I'm David Byrne. And then everybody applauded. And then he was like, yeah, cool, thanks. Like, I can't really take credit for that. Like, I know no, part yeah. of it. <laughs> and I just thought that that was, like, so humble. And I loved hearing him talk about his brain cells dying or whatever. And I just, I love how he portrayed himself as a normal human. Like, he was not trying to be a rock star. He was trying to say, I am normal. We are all human. We're all here together. Mm-hmm. It's so funny because he seems to like to be one of the most abnormal human beings in rock history. And yet talking about being a normal human being, I think it's just an interesting thing. Um, is he's just a fascinating character and, uh, and, uh, but one of a kind and just, uh, just, 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 uh, yeah, I, I really, I really like his, uh, just personality and just his, his performance and his style and all that. Um, yeah, I think that like, it's interesting there, you mentioned, Dom, about this idea of like the, you know, the fact that they were all uniform, but yet there was so much diversity within them. Yeah. You know, and it's, it, yeah, it's, I think that's crucial even to one of the other elements of race highlighted here in the film is the diversity and of the different places that these people are from. That also the idea of welcoming in, uh, you know, um, people from other nations into America mm-hmm. was a big, was a point that he was making, right? Yeah. And uh, so it seems like, would you agree that it's very intentional that the people he chose to be part of his band? Almost definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And one one thing is for sure that they're all talented. There are drummers dancing and guitarists slinging things around barefoot, but also singing um, and playing multiple instruments. At the very least, there's that. Yes. Yes, and and it's interesting, right? Yeah, you could, he could have, in theory, found a lot of talented, like, uh, you know, a talented, like a, a lot of talented white people, and just make the whole cast one, uh, one group, one race, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's interesting, really having it be, uh, really taking the time and really be having the wherewithal to think through. Oh, let's get somebody from Brazil. Let's get somebody from Europe. Let's get let's get people from all around the world and come here. Because it's it really is a part of the ultimate melting pot. I think he's trying to make, and the point he's yeah. trying to make. Even some of the instrument instruments were from different regions of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. Wow, that's a cool observation. Yeah, and it seems like his. If you listen to his style, even and you know, even what you what you heard with the Talking Heads, he was evolving and and just expand expanding into new styles and like really just getting influence from different styles of music from around the world. And you can just hear it in the sound as you were progressing in, in the career with Talking Heads and into his own solo career. Um, but yeah, and even a lot in this uh, in this film. But uh, but yeah, I mean, 
Interesting too, because he also brings up the point point in the theme uh, the idea of voting and the importance of voting. Yeah. Right, another relevant uh, a relevant issue with twenty twenty. Right. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys think about that? With with like the when he highlights the the one section of the theater, the one yeah. uh, sliver of the theater, and says this this is the this is the amount that voted in local elections. Right. Yeah. yeah. And what do you guys think about that? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. ahead. He's just really insightful. Um, What really matters is what happens in your community. I think a lot of people lose sight of that. Mm. And he just called out and made a really relevant visualization using the people there with that that 20% of the crowd to highlight, you know, this is part of the problem. You know, he he called out the national election and the 55% of the people uh, are of of all the people eligible to vote or voting and still there needs to be improvement with that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I thought it was interesting that he didn't, he didn't tell you who to vote for or he didn't lean to one side or the other, you know, right. Voice mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you guys know what, uh, what the percentage was that it ended up increasing this year? I know it was like, of course, record turnout, but I just wanted to see what, 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 what difference it was. 66.3. I just found it. Okay. So that's great. Yeah. It's like three of eligible voters did vote, is what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. 66.3% of, uh, wow. As a share of the voting, yeah, voting eligible population. So mm-hmm. a slight, yeah, about a about a 6% increase from 2016. So, or, or whenever, 11% or wh- whatever it was, it was. You know, I, I got the stats I got here were from Washington Post at 60.1% from 2016, 66.3 in 2020. So even seeing the, hey, David Burns' wish came true. They <laughs> summer round. It was all him. <laughs> yes. Uh, anyways. Uh, so, all right. So basically with this film where we got so many different things that are discussed and uh, and and addressed that, that are so relevant to 2020, uh, you know, any other thoughts that you have about this, about this movie? Um, you know, any other uh, observations before I have one more question that kind of ties things up. But uh, before that, I just wanted to, wanted to ask, were there any other things that you noticed stood out to you that you wanted to address or talk about? Um, I, I do want to note that there, it does strike a balance. I think be because of his demeanor early on, I was really skeptical of what this might be. And it's like, maybe I'll be bored or maybe this will not be irrelevant at all. Um, but as things unfold from song to song and the stories that he shares and the cinematography and the lighting come together, um, his, 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 his conduct is really balanced out by the, the, the characters that he cast around him by the, the stage lighting, the blocking, um, it just really comes together as is not a boring event that's just being shot. Yeah. 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 I mean, the fact that they were able to create such interesting shapes and silhouettes um, and movement with how he talks about the most interesting thing to look at as other people, which I think is like fascinating. But mm-hmm. yeah, they were able to do so much. And I just love that he like rode off into New York City on his bike. Just like, bye guys. Best part. Yeah. That was, yeah. I know Carl loved that part. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Carl's favorite part. It was like he does it regularly. It's not just for show. 
yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. that was he was that was his plan. He was he was shocked to see so many people watching him. He was like, uh, I'm going home. The show is over, guys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But again, yeah. that I, he was just like a normal dude, just trying to express things about humanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. Um, yeah. I don't. Um, before we get to some of the jokes, um, I do have breaking news. If you're listening to this podcast episode right now, it is a Tuesday. So this has already happened. The news oh, has already yeah. spread. Oh yeah, yeah. but <laughs> but we we filmed this on a Thursday, um, and today is the twenty eighth. And breaking news: um, we uh, I actually just found out as well um, the uh, the amazing uh, Cicely Tyson has passed away at I believe ninety six. Ninety six. Wow. Ninety two. 96 mm-hmm. um and man uh i just wanted to take a moment to even uh just lift up her um and definitely prayers and thoughts goes out to her family and friends people that were close to her loved ones that actually knew her um and as well as the fans of cecily tyson and just the people that have come after her the people that look up to mm-hmm. her i would say i'm one of them uh, she was in amazing films she was in sounder she was in the help she was in uh, the autobiography of Miss Jane Pittman. She was in Roots. Uh, she was married to Miles Davis um, before he passed. Um, she was in so many. One of my favorite movies with Richard Pryor, Bustin' Loose. Um, she was the, uh, you know, she was the uh, supporting actress in that movie. Uh, so many movies, so many, uh, you know, just groundbreaking roles that she played, and especially in a year where we have a. Uh, you know, a female vice president, um, you know, one of our just trendsetters, you know, one of our, our you know, female leaders who really changed things and uh, destroyed stereotypes in her own way. You know, she played characters that were intelligent. Um, she played characters that were very different from, um, say, a Heidi McDaniel. Um, she was definitely an inspiration and uh, definitely, definitely mourning with probably billions of other people who looked up to Cicely Tyson. So just want to get that out of the way before I tell Jay how I really feel about American Utopia. Jay, you're good, man. You're good. You're good. I was, look, man, I, when I, when I set up to watch this, no, look, when I set up to watch this film, I was excited. I was like, oh, man, Spike Lee, I don't know who David Byrne is, but, man, we going to do something now, you know. We going to yeah. get into some commentary. I had my notepad, had my popcorn, you understand what I'm saying? Had me a little beverage, you understand what I'm saying? I was ready. I was ready to go, okay? Now, this thing comes on, and homie comes from the wings and starts singing. And I'm like, okay, okay, he's setting the, he's setting the tone, he's setting the mood. And he has a brain in his hand, <laughs> and, and and he's singing songs. Have you, Jay? Have you seen the, uh, Toys with Robin Williams? I love that movie. Oh man, I saw it, clips of it as a kid. Listen, watch that movie, and you'll understand why. But <laughs> it sounds like he did the soundtrack for that movie. <laughs> okay, this Joker was singing. I was like, okay, that was good. Then he talked for maybe he talked maybe. 
for three minutes and went into the next song. And then he did it again and again and again. And I was like, hold up, homie. I had to pause it. I said, if Jay had to find a way to get me to listen to the talking heads. Oh, my gosh. If Jay Jay formulated a plan to get me to listen to something other than hip hop. That was it. Made me watch this film twice to get something out of it. Understand that it took me two times. I didn't get it on my first try. My first try was complete comedy. You understand what I'm saying? I'm laughing at this dude. I'm like, why these uh, Joker's toes look like that? Because I'm looking at every other thing but paying attention to the message. Okay? I am transparent on this podcast. Okay? If you're listening, I struggled the first time watching it. So if you're going to watch this film, do not quit because I got a lot out of it the second time. Okay? Jay, you like the talking heads. I know you do. Oh, absolutely, man. They they have... uh... Yeah, they're one of my favorite bands now. I mean, I just love it. The Top only in the world. The only song I know about know from them is the song that was played at the beginning of Clerks Two. Which I, I forget. Where it says it was a Pizza Hut. Now it's a. That's all I know. That's all I know, bro. <laughs> That's all I know. <laughs> I know nothing else about any of the songs. Oh, like nothing that. but flowers. Okay, yeah, yeah, Nothing yeah. but flowers. Yeah. But I will say this. The the music is jamming. I love the different instruments that they use. Mm-hmm. And it's very, like, it's very creative. It's artsy as I don't know what. It is very experimental artsy, okay? I mean, he could go all yeah. the way if he wants to, but he didn't. Okay. Well, here's the thing: is that he he didn't go all the way. I mean, in his, I think in his own, uh, in his ideal world, he wouldn't have brought up any Talking Head songs. It would have been all That's like true. his own solo stuff because I think his mindset's like just kind of moved on and, and uh-huh. wanted to do his own solo work. But he does that, I think, because of the crowd pleasers. Because you know, to please the crowd, you know, because so many of his you know fans, of course, were Talking Heads fans, and so it's like. But, you know, because you can even tell, like, some of the songs that are more like his style and his solo stuff are the more mm-hmm. obscure or have the weirder tone to them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and I think that, ideally, he could have totally gone that full-on, you know, direction of weird. Yeah. Have you ever seen the strangest theater performance ever? Uh, are, are, are you talking about that time in high school when I did uh, uh, Much Ado About Nothing? and? Oh no, no. Uh, I'm, I'm just uh, no, I haven't seen what you're talking about. No. It it is it is very weird, and I have no idea what the name of it is. Uh, okay, but it is like it is like it's like a whole bunch of people in it looks like diapers, and they have different stilts and oh. metal bars around, and they're acting like animals. They're acting like various other things. There's no, there's no words. There's mm. no, <laughs> they, like one person is on stilts. Uh, one person has like, um, cane, like a cane or whatever, and they're just like doing random weird stuff. And it is on YouTube as strangest theater performance ever. <laughs> and and I was like, at first, I was like, this is the perfect music to go to that. 
Uh-huh. Um, and this is uh, this is honest. This is honestly jokes, but mm-hmm. it the first time around was rough um, until uh, the Janelle Monae song came on, and that's when the drop happened. Like I, it just dropped me out of, and it really made me to zero in. So the second time around, I was like, well, let me let me really pay attention. Let me like stop playing around and looking at people's feet. So Janelle Monae, <laughs> the song coming up kind of just clued you into, oh, I really should have been listening the whole time. Right. <laughs> I should have been paying attention. Well, because I just thought that Jay tricked me into listening to the Talking Heads music. You like, think I would have really brought it I just up. thought... <laughs> that would have meant you tricked everybody listening to us. Yeah. Right. Right. Cool. right. Of course, I love people listening to that band. I like the band a lot. Yeah, check out Stop Making Sense, the other concert film that has nothing to do with Embrace Matters of Race. David but it's Burns still another great concert film. But no, no, I, I wouldn't about to go up. <laughs> no, I, it, is, <laughs> if you're listening, these are just jokes. I'm just messing with Jay. But I, I had it on one time when my wife was watching also, and she was like, Huh? So so Jay recommended this, huh? And I was like, yeah. She was like, hmm, made sense. I was like, see, I know Jay has seen this forty times. I know he has. He loves it. It's his favorite. It's favorite. No, no, I've I'm listened to some of his music forty times, but I definitely, I really appreciate. Like, I would never have watched this or the Battle Battle of Algiers without you, Jay. So I most definitely, bro. Totally me to different things. I think we're getting a lot of diversity right now. Yeah, I, I will say, you know, after the second time, I was like, man, this is really looking into the interests of other people. <laughs> like, this is me doing it. Me me Come doing what Thank I've been you. preaching to people to do. So Yeah, you bust out Philippians 2 all the time in this podcast. So That's what it's been built on. Man. That's what it's been built on, bro. You look Nothing out for like... my interests, dude. Yeah, yeah man. man. And that's why you're one of my best friends, and I love you, Jay. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for holding down the hit picks, man. I cannot wait to break down the next hit pick. Um, Sounds good. I, I just have one quick quick question. I don't know if you have anything right. more to share, Dom. I'm about to wrap. I'm about to close. Oh, I was just, I had a quick question. Is that okay? Yeah. yeah, I yeah. Said, hey, what do you think is the lesson that you learned from this film? What's the lesson that we can then apply to, to our world? Hmm. I would say uh, search and pursue connections yeah and that takes humility go ahead jay i mean go ahead carl yeah i I would say humility too but also consistency um and to lean into people's stories uh i heard a quote from uh mr rogers uh last week and he says you'll uh what do you say he said something to the effect of you'll never not like somebody after hearing their story. Yeah. Um, and I think this is a story we can lean into and we can understand people. We can understand our differences, but if we lean in and be consistent, we'll always be um, doing better um, and connecting with people. And because I think this says that much more, especially because it was recorded and performed before 2019 it wasn't just somebody joining the bandwagon. This was somebody who felt this and was passionate about this. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, a couple of Sundays ago, the lesson in church was about the Good Samaritan. And it, my uh, the church leader, dude, <laughs> he was like, 
this can be read as a moralistic story of like be a good neighbor like make sure that you stop to help people but he's he claimed like what it was really about was the fact that anybody that if you were lying in a ditch and you needed help like anybody that would pass you would be your neighbor you wouldn't be like oh no i don't want your help because you're a democrat or conservative or whatever like just that human element of like yeah we are all human and i feel like that was really emphasized and i think i'll definitely walk away like just really can't i can't wait to sing everybody's coming to my house and it'd be true and just having a big party where i can like physically touch people in real life it's gonna be a great moment oh yeah that's great and i think for me just like the idea of uh the importance of just in order to really bring people together, we just got to strip down, you know, everything that divides, any sort of uh, thing that can divide us, uh, whether it, it just be the different things that we can, the issues that we can get heated about, whether it's the uh, the things we could try to, uh, I guess, you know, single out these different things about us that make that about identity that then then lead us to this us versus them mentality to get into these tribal camps. Or is it like the stuff about mass media and like excess culture that we really get so swept up in that we get selfish? But if we strip all our, ourselves of all of these things and we could just really just approach one another with deep uh, appreciation and, and celebration of each other and really embrace each other, man, this is, you know, we'll have a great world. You know, we'll have a beautiful, yeah. uh, beautiful world that we live in. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you guys loved it and enjoyed it. And, uh, and yeah, for anybody out there who wants to check it out, uh, feel free to access on HBO Max and mm-hmm. on any of the other uh, HBO streaming uh, services that may be out there. Uh, again, it's David Burns, American Utopia, directed by Spike Lee. Uh, one of the uh, you know, great films from 2020. But for, for many people, I think we, we see it as the, the appropriate film or the perfect film for 2020. Yeah, mm-hmm. most definitely. Yeah, man. And there it is, man. The man, the main man, Jay, with the hit pick uh, review breakdown. Uh, yeah, thanks, Jay. That was awesome. Um, I love when we break down films. Uh, if you guys enjoyed the episode, if you've been enjoying the episodes, make sure you definitely follow us on Facebook at Embrace Podcast or Instagram at Embrace underscore podcast. Follow us on both or follow us on one, uh, you can definitely check us out on Spotify, Apple Music, and all the other streaming services out there. We are everywhere, uh, and we're here to stay. So thank you guys for hanging out with us. We will be back with another episode next next week. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Peace. Peace.